Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can follow us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Titan Up Podcast. Give the podcast a follow, guys, not only on Twitter at Titan Up Pod, but also on Instagram, where we are at Titan Up Podcast. And you know this because you've heard it a thousand times. We are under the umbrella of A to Z Sports Nashville. You guys have to give A to Z Sports a follow. We are full swing in football season. Jeremy Pruitt, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Who's Vandy going to hire? Are the Titans going to go on another playoff run? Uh, Preds are starting back up mid-January, hopefully. College basketball is going on. A to Z's got it all covered. Go follow A to Z Sports on all social media platforms. It's like a damn well-oiled machine. Why would you not want that on your your social media timelines? Hey guys, uh, this is episode 40, excuse me, sorry, this is episode 40. This is sode number 40, 40, as in the same number of ounces uh, that you probably uh, drank on Sunday after that game. <laughs> uh, no, this is the uh, the Jeremy Kane of Sodes, former fullback slash long snapper. I'll allow it, I'll allow it. Okay. I'm excited for 45 to stick with the fullback. Uh, yeah, I know. Right. Once we get out of this like awkward phase of numbers, we'll get to some like legit, uh, you know, great players. But I will say Jeremy Kane, 2007, appeared in nine games as the team's primary long snapper and also made one tackle. So <laughs> Jeremy, so, you know, this is going to be a great. sode. this week, uh, we are joined by one of the coolest, just one of the best uh, people that we could get to talk Titans. And that is the Tennessee Titans own. Amy Wells. Uh, I, I guess we loved the en- lady energy that we got last week from Teresa Walker so much. That, like we went back for seconds. We we're Mother, like, let's yeah. go. Mother Teresa. We had to go to aunt Amy. I think aunt that has a nice <laughs> ring to it. Um, but no Titans. Amy was great. She, uh, she, she kind of talked to me off a ledge uh, to, about the Titans defense. She hates birds. Austin. She does hate birds that we got that out of her and she comes clean. She talks about all the different types of birds she hates. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So, um, and you know what I hate, uh, I hate birds, like at least like, you know, like Ravens and Eagles and Seahawks. Uh, Yeah. Mainly the Ravens. Yeah. Mainly, mainly the Ravens. Goodness. (laughs) Uh, Hey guys, this week, obviously after the loss, we've got the return of Venters Alley. My goodness, I hate that segment so much. I hate it, but we have to do it because it's after loss. And uh, possibly the return of Clowny Watch. Who knows? Ooh. Who knows? Uh, and uh, we're going to look ahead to the Jags because after that game on Sunday, what more What more is there to do than just look ahead? That's all we, <laughs> that's all we got right now. Let's just look ahead. Don't, don't even think about what happened on Sunday. And uh, obviously, we've got to remember the Titan. Um, but first, before we get all to that, let's get a word about Mill Creek Brewing Company. Oh, I love talking about Mill Creek Brewing Company. Who doesn't? They they are awesome. They're phenomenal. You guys got to go out there and watch a game. They have the perfect setup. A ton of different beers, a wide variety of, of different kinds of beers out there. Uh, the newest one they have, Mama's Darling, or no, no, Mama's Trouble. 
Okay. <laughs> it, it, it's double. It's doubly local because it, it, it's a it's a oatmeal coffee beer. Okay. So I, for, for you morning drinkers out there, of which I know some of you are, based on the replies I get to some of the tweets on hey, Tiny Cup Pod. Jack, in their defense, you, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. <laughs> That's right, Austin. You're right about that. And what's even better about this is they get the coffee from Mama's Java, which is in Nolansville, right, right, right down the road from them. They are at 2008B Johnson Industrial Boulevard, Nolansville, Tennessee. Um, you guys got to go check them out. Great place to watch game, drink beer, cool people. They have uh, you, you can kind of see the beer and everything being made in the back. It's a really neat atmosphere. Really encourage you guys to go check it out. Mill Creek Brewing Company. If you're in the grocery store and you see some mama's trouble, be sure to buy a six pack. I promise you won't regret it. Zach Bingham and Austin Stanley on the morning show Friday popped a couple of those and they really liked it. So if that tells you anything, check it out. Mill Creek Brewing Company. Um, maybe maybe this weekend. Did you say Austin and Zach uh, drank beer and liked it? <laughs> I know. Weird. That's that's so not like them. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it either. Zach Zach came up to me on the side before the show. He's like, "Hey, uh, you think it'd be okay if I snagged one of these one of these coffee beers?" And I was like, uh, "Zach, I'm I'm a yes man to the core. Okay, go <laughs> go have you one. Go get you one." Yeah, Jack. If, yeah, if you ever if you ever ask Jack if it's okay to drink, Jack's just gonna say, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> what time is it? Seven forty-five. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Go, go. Yeah, it's good enough. Yeah, it's it's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, hey, guys. With all that said, let's talk tight. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is December 9th, 2020. The Tennessee Titans are 8-4. and four. And Jack, I'm just going to say it. Ugh. Mitch Ferkins might be the worst Titans analyst of all time. Mitch Ferkins was completely wrong in all of his predictions. Jack, he said the Titans would pick off Baker. Did not happen. He said they'd send him home via the Cumberland River. <laughs> that did not it happen. Threw back he, like said, things. he said Baker would be put in the mud. In the mud. And he said two to three times. Did not happen. Not did a not one. happen. It did not happen. He said Simmons was coming. He said Landry was coming. I was <laughs> they, waiting for them. They, they never were, came. They did not come. And he said, speaking <laughs> of come, he said the Titans would run through the Browns' dick. That's right. That did not happen. <laughs> the Titans did not run through the Browns' dick. Yeah, got to wait. That was Sunday for that to happen. Look, Mitch could very well have a bright future in the world of the tattoo arts, but when it comes to football analysis, my man was dead wrong on almost everything. It was almost like he, like Mitch Ferkins and Jeff Schwartz, should go grab beers together. That's how off he was. Adam Rank can buy the, uh, yeah. can well, Adam buy Adam Rank will probably be their bus boy. He's probably working at the restaurant. Where we should have go. known when Mitch Ferkins said that they were going to run through their dicks. It's Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. No one runs through anyone's dicks on the Lord's well, Day. Well, I mean, Derrick Henry does. He, he has a tendency to run yeah, through he, he does have a He does have a tendency to do that. You're right about that. Mitch. D- Derrick Henry doesn't. I don't think Derrick Henry owns a calendar because I don't think he knows what day it is. He, he will run through a dick on, on Thursday. <laughs> he will run through a dick on Sunday. He will run through a dick on Monday. And as we learned this year, he ran through a dick on Tuesday. So <laughs> yeah. 
you, I mean, I don't think he, I don't think he, I don't think Derrick Henry has any concept of what, uh, what day it is, but yeah, guys, look, the only reason we're, we're talking about running through dicks so much is because we're just prolonging the inevitable. We've got the return of Venner's Alley this week. Venner's Alley sucks. We hate this segment. I've never, like when I, when I, when we started this segment, we're like, look, after the Titans lost to Steelers, we're like we need a segment after like Titans losses just to, you know, do to kind of bring up the morale after a, you know, a demoralizing and heartbreaking loss. Well, we, so we came up with Venner's Alley. Well, little did we know the Titans would lose three of their next four games after that, that week. And we started doing Venner's Alley a lot. And Jack and I just grew to hate this segment. It's, it leaves a bad taste in our mouth. Right. But the whole purpose of this segment, as, as you know, Venner's Alley is named after Printer's Alley in downtown Nashville. And in Printer's Alley, you show up to Printer's Alley in a good mood. You're like, let's go. Let, hey, let's go to Printer's Alley. You know, it's famous last word. Miss Kelly sounds fun tonight. Maybe, maybe a little karaoke action over at Lonnie's. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we're going to have a good time at Printer's Alley. Right. I feel like blacking out tonight while, you know, singing Mariah Carey. Let's go. And sure enough, before you know it, you're you you immediately regret the decision because like you just you either get whether it be you get wasted, um, whether, you know, you you get you 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 drink flat beer. I don't know. Like just like no one's ever left Printer's Alley and was like, man, I do not regret my decision tonight. Um, which I love Printer's Alley. It's not a knock at any of those places. It's great. But, you know, it's, that's what tends to happen. Venner's Alley is the exact opposite. You show up and you're like, you regret all of your life's decisions that got you to this point. But we're going to have you leaving Venner's Alley in a good mood, in a positive outlook. In a, in a better state than which, exactly. you, which you arrived with. We, we run down the negatives of what happened on Sunday, and then we run down the positives uh, on the way out the door. So, Jack, let's just go ahead and get started. Um, okay. We've each got two negatives each. Um, you go, you can go ahead and lead the way. What is your first negative uh, okay. from Sunday? Uh, there's, there's probably like we, – we have like 90 to choose from. So We have uh, to do two to keep the – because we have other stuff to get to. Other exactly, things. exactly. And we don't want to dwell on the loss misfortune. too much. So my first negative, Vrabel and Shane Bowen got outcoached on Sunday. Flat out outcoached. There was a game plan going in that they just did not follow. Look, Baker Mayfield, when he has time, is an effective quarterback. He really is. You have to put pressure on him. Titans ranked 31st in pressure rate coming into this game. Uh, Baker Mayfield tore him apart because they couldn't get pressure. Titans got three pressures on Mayfield all game. What did he do when he was pressured? 0 of 3, 0 yards, 3 throwaways, okay? When they let him drop back and they gave him all the time in the world, which he had for most of the day, he torched them, 28 of 30, 334, and 4 touchdowns. Now, I did not have this in – I was not the only person in the world with this information heading into the game, that Baker Mayfield struggles against uh, against pressure. He just does. He's 11 and 7 straight up heading into the game. He's now 12 and 7 versus teams outside of the top third in the league when it comes to pressure rate. Like I mentioned, the Titans were 31st. The, 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 the book is out on Baker, okay? He's not going to win you a Super Bowl. He's not, but he can keep you close in games. He's, he can compete. He can allow the team to stick around if the circumstances are right. And with Vrabel and Bowen not electing for whatever it was, whether it was execution, whether it was scheme, whether it was game plan, whatever, pressure was not applied Baker Mayfield got to sit back and pick them apart. Kevin Stefanski 
who was the Vikings offensive coordinator last year, looks to be the front runner, or at least along with Tomlin, uh, co-front runners for coach of the year. Yeah, fancy sure. completely outclassed Vrabel in, in this game, and that's what that that's that's why the teams were separated so much throughout the entire game. Well, in the fourth quarter, Titans got a little closer, but Vrabel got outcoached, and so did Bowen, and that's frustrating because right. this is the defense that is banged up is not a hundred percent. So you really have to be on your p's and q's when you're calling this defense and game and game planning ahead of Baker Mayfield and this Browns team. In that first half, there was a real, real lack of composure, real lack of composure with the Titans. Things went zero to 60 fast, or I guess I should say zero to 38 fast with the number of (laughs) points that the Browns scored, but the, it, it, it was bad. And it was, it was like, you couldn't stop the bleeding. Now I will give some credit. There is some credit to be given to, to Vrabel at halftime. The whole narrative changed. The whole story changed. The Titans settled down and they came out looking really good in the second half, like really good. I'm sure many of you turned the game off by that point, but let me tell you as a guy who watched the whole game and I live tweeted the whole game because I, I legitimately thought the Titans were coming back when it was 38 to seven. I legitimately felt like the Titans were going to come back and win that game. And I was tweeting it. I was tweeting it the whole, if you go back and look at my timeline, I, I, I didn't stop. Cause like I, I, it was, it was a perfect mix of the Browns being the Browns and the Titans just having this knack to come back. And I thought that was going to happen. And sure enough, I mean, gosh, it, it ended up being a six point game. You could say, Oh, well they scored a lot of those in garbage time, which I'm going to get to here in a bit. But uh, to me, like Titans had a very good chance. Now with that, with what you said, piggybacking off of the you know, coach, yeah, the Titans, Titans somehow ran like a Big Twelve defense, and Baker did what Baker does against Big Twelve defenses. He Obviously, turned, he, has a he turned Heisman on his mantle into burnt toast. And what it was, it was like watching a Braves game where the Braves are getting beat. I'm a Braves fan. Um, <laughs> it, say it's eight to one, okay? Yeah. Because Luke Jackson has just left the game after giving up a million runs. Sure. Or, or no, let, let, actually, let's say it's let's say it's 13 to nothing after the first inning you, or 11 you, to nothing. Can you let me live inning. in peace, please? And, <laughs> and, and the Braves have a good offense like the Titans have a good offense. And you're thinking, OK, well, a hit here, a bloop there, a bloop here, a hit here, a bloop here and a home run. And hey, you're right back in it. And that's what the Titans offense can do. You know, it's, hey, we, we can have a quick 15 yard gain. Uh, A.J. Brown, 20 yard catch. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Smith down the middle. Uh, look, it's. Is one of those games where I was fooled, and it's the Titans. When they let you down, they don't just lay you softly on a bed, right? They drop you from a two-story window, okay? <laughs> it, the fall is as hard as it is harsh, and that's just what the Titans will do to you. They build you up. They may, they give you a sense of, hey, we, we might be safe here, okay? But really, they're just hovering you like Michael Jackson did his kid blanket uh, oh, yeah. from a balcony uh, where Michael Jackson actually brought his kid back in. The Titans will let you fall. They'll drop you. Yeah. They'll, yeah. You'll, you'll, uh, beat it, I guess. Uh, the, um, yeah, that was, I don't know. That was, um, all right. Yeah. That's a great, that was a great analogy. Great reference by you, Jack. Uh, my, my negative and look, you know, this, if you know me personally, if you know me from this podcast, if you know me from the, the stuff we do at cork bats, you know, I love Derek Henry with all of my heart. Derrick Henry is is everything to me. But look, I will even though you love someone, you you have to call them out sometimes. And Derrick Henry was not 
great on Sunday. And I'm not going to, I'm not about to say Derrick Henry runs soft. I'm not, you will never hear me say that. Derrick Henry does not run soft. And those people that say that are frankly like, that's just a lazy take and it's dumb. Be, right. Oh, Derrick Henry didn't gain six to, you know, 70 yards on a run. He's running soft. Like Derrick Henry's not going to, we should have learned this from our, the Chris Johnson days. He's not going to break off an 80 yard run on every carry. I think you have to know that. He's not going to steamroll a guy on every carry. And and you're right. But at the same time on Sunday, he looked, he couldn't get anything going. There was, okay. So on the fourth down, fourth and one run at the very start of the game, first of all, Titans never should have been in that ins- instance, in, in that situation. Poor officiating led to that. And I'm, I'm not blaming the rest for the way the Titans played, but it never should have gotten to that point. It did. They gave the ball to Derrick Henry, and he wasn't able to get the first. I think he could have gotten it with a stretch of, you know, like if he just held the football out, but he didn't. Uh, and that, to me, is is a knock against him. The fumble, the first fumble, I, and that it's just uncharacteristic. It's like if fumbling was a problem for Derrick Henry, I, it would be a different conversation. But he doesn't fumble very often, and so it, it's very highlighted when he does, and he did at a time when the Titans could not afford any turnovers. and. As a reliable guy, he was not that on Sunday, and it was it was frustrating. Now he's still only 15 carries, and he still had 60 yards. He was averaging four yards a carry. Like it's that's not a terrible, it, it's a terrible day overall, like yards wise, but like production wise. I mean, you give him 10 more carries, or no, five more carries, really. Uh, or excuse me, yeah, 10 more carries. He's at 100 yards. So, and normally he gets that workload. But when the Titans fell down early, Arthur Smith got he for whatever reason he got cautious and he stopped giving the ball to Derrick Henry in the first half. You get backed into a corner trying to play from behind like that, from multiple scores behind. You want points and you want points fast, and that's not conducive to the Titans' strategy on offense, right? They 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 want to run their offense through Henry, but you can't do that when you're down three scores, right? And so so just overall, Derrick he didn't look great on on Sunday, and I hate to say it because I absolutely love Derrick Henry. Um, and as everyone should, I mean, there, I know there was a lot of frustration with him amongst certain people of the Titans community you know, the Derrick Henry is running soft crowd that those people do exist. I hate, I hate them. I hate those type of fans because I think they're idiots because you, those people will not say, Oh, Derrick Henry ran hard on the, the, you know, the days he pops off for 200 yards. But you know, if he doesn't pick up over a hundred, they're out in full force with their pitchforks there. I, I, they're idiots, but Derrick Henry, he did not look great on Sunday, and I and I I'm admitting it, hand raised. So that's and my it, negative. Interesting. I, I like how you put that. You know, when, when you love someone, you can't always give it. You can't always be hugs and kisses, and that's what Mike Rabel actually said this week about a different Titan, about a recent first round draft pick, uh, whose name shall not be mentioned. He said, <laughs> you know, look, you can't always give them hugs and kisses, right? You also have to hold them accountable, and. That's what they did with this particular Titan, and that's what we're doing with Derrick Henry. Look, yeah, he's going to bounce back. He's playing the Jags this week, so he'll probably make up for all the lost time and yardage uh, Sunday. My next negative, the Titans' third down defense is back, and not in a good way, guys. Not in a good way. No, no. <laughs> the Titans' defense actually performed the worst in the NFL in Week 13, allowing the Browns to convert on 10 of their 16 third down tries. Uh, for you mathematicians at home, that's 62.5%. And, 
And not it's, great. It's a trend that is continuing and will not stop uh, continuing. The Titans rank last in the NFL in third down defense at just over 53.5%. Panthers are the next closest, but they're two plus percentage points down than the Titans. They're at 51.5, uh, 51.3. It's embarrassing. It's really embarrassing and it's really frustrating because what do you do? You know, the Browns be on the Browns have third and 12 and it convert, you know, it's just one of those things where it's, it just continues to happen this season. And you, you can, you can work hard to find the answer. Sometimes it, it just comes down to these players, uh, you just, whether it's coaching or whether it's, you know, we had this talk with Amy scheme, all this stuff for whatever reason, it's not adding up. The stars are not aligning. Players are not playing up to their abilities. And the Titans third down defense continues to be a thorn in all of our sides. I have a, I have uh my, my last negative is kind of a two-parter and it's really dumb, I'm for but it. it is, it is a negative in my mind. It kind of some bad juju, if you will. Juju Smith Schuster. No, uh, no different, just different. Okay. Uh, like juju, juju. Okay. Uh, how do you just, how do you differentiate juju from juju Smith Schuster? <laughs> um, I, so the, the first part, I did not like that Chad Ochocinco was in the stands wearing an AJ Brown jersey on Sunday. Was that a hex? He, I, to me, it felt like a hex. It he he obviously announced it, and people people were talking about, oh, Chad Ochocinco is going to be in town this week. You know, like it's a, some sort of big deal. Uh, and he was wearing an AJ Brown jersey, a, an autographed one. So you know, I'm sure he was a guest of AJ's at the game and everything. And that to me, and look. Players will never cop to this. And I don't want to be that football guy, like, you know, that like hot take radio guy who's like, oh, well, that's a distraction. You know, you need it out. But, but to me, it kind of is in a sense. <laughs> like it, having, having Chad Ochocinco come down to this game and, you know, be a part because, you know, he's going to bring attention and people are going to wonder why he's at this game. Well, it's, because of AJ Brown and that's and 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 as you saw AJ Brown did not play great. AJ Brown had a had a he had some great catches, yes, but he also had some critical drops and even he almost uh, had a like a what could have been a game-costing fumble at the goal line. Luckily, Michael, Michael Pruitt, yeah, like he was right there to scoop it up and score, but AJ didn't play great. And I can't help but differentiate the two. Maybe I, maybe I'm super being super lame and I'm you know just going way out of my lane to find something to harp on. But when you play that as poorly as the Titans did on Sunday, that's going to happen. Uh, and to me, I didn't I didn't like it. It was bad juju. Bad juju number two, not TikTok juju, but the other <laughs> no. Is, it, is there another? Oh oh, <laughs> you're still talking about Juju Smith Schuster. <laughs> I thought there was like a TikTok star named Juju. <laughs> okay, so. That does it for the negatives. It's wait, no, all- no, no. My, my oh, wait, my second juju, my second juju, second, second bad juju. Go, go, go. Dolly Parton. Oh yeah, what the, what the heck, dude? The Titans announce her as the twelfth Titan, and then she like doesn't, she didn't show up. And yeah, granted, I I know she had that CBS special, Dolly Parton Christmas, or Holly Dolly Christmas, I believe it was called. Oh, and hey, you know what? We can't leave out because we stuck up for Sarah Fuller a couple of weeks ago, but she was a part of this. She, yeah, and so she filled in for Dolly to do the sword, which is great. I, I love Sarah Fuller, but if I'm expecting Dolly partnered, I don't want Sarah Fuller. Yeah, I Dolly, want Dolly's the queen. Kind of one, yeah, she's a one-person show. 
and and I, I even wrote a blog about it on Cork Bats. Like Maybe I, I like, this was far enough to the it. Titans bringing out Dolly Parton. That's was that a boob joke? That was a boob joke. That was a boob joke. <laughs> the Titans bringing out Dolly Parton. That like that had me so hype. I was like, "There's not a chance the Titans lose this game with Dolly Parton. Like, is she's gonna fire up everyone?" And and then uh, like I just I assumed the game was in the bag. And then she doesn't show up, and instead it's Sarah Fuller. And no offense, but Sarah Fuller does play for Vandy football. <laughs> I'm yeah. just I'm just saying it's it's not that's it, going from. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't like it. So that was, that was my, that was my other negative. Go ahead. Get your van. I like how the, there were literally so many negatives that you could have picked apart from that game. Literally hundreds of negatives from that game. And I went, uh, uh, Ocho Cinco and Dolly Parton. Get your Vandy football jokes out while you can, because Jeff Fisher's changing the program. All right. That. We're going to go on to the positives. The first positive has to be the most obvious positive, right? Corey Davis is playing out of his mind. I love him. And at the right time, especially if you're Corey Davis and his agent. Uh, 182 yards on 11 catches, one touchdown. Uh, Look, that's his second 100-yard game in the last four tries, in the last three games, really, in the fourth on the season. Before the season, we were all kind of A.J. Brown wide receiver one, and rightfully so. 1,000 yards last season, Titans fans rarely see that. You jump the gun. And I'm not saying that, look, hey, we all jump the gun because A.J. Brown shows flashes that he's going to be the guy for years to come. But Corey Davis was forgotten in this in this thing. We, he was kind of cast off the island, right? He was a he was the banana beginning to turn brown. And but he's in for a payday. This banana is about to get rich. Uh he, look, 182 yards like I mentioned. Corey Davis is playing his best football of his career right now. And Amy got into it, you know, the emotional toll that has kind of followed him around with his brother's cancer situation could not have helped and and I'm just happy for him to see this happen. But I'm also thinking like with every big game and I shouldn't, I'm not rooting against Corey Davis, but I'm saying uh, just with every big game, that price tag gets a little steeper. Yeah. Right. You know, the, his stock is rising and the Titans are going to, in a season with a salary cap, that's fluky and questionable and really un, unpredictable right now. Um, can they bring him back? There's some tough decisions to be made. I don't want to jump that far. I don't want to think that far ahead. I'm just enjoying Corey Davis as we have him right now. Yeah, I think, and I think that's the way we should approach it. We should be happy for Corey regardless, because even, even with him producing very well, he's producing very well as a Titan right now. And right. we have to appreciate that. So look, the championship window's open. He's a big piece. Yes. He, you know, he, look, he's he, a piece that they did not have last year. I mean, they, they, they had him, but they, they didn't have this Corey Davis last yeah. year. And I think the more like the a more, brand new player, the more he succeeds, the more he might look at it and say, "Hey, you know what? I finally got a quarterback that's not Mariota. I'm producing in this system. Maybe I only signed a two year deal. Who cares? Uh, I just want to stick around for a little longer. Look, You're I'm right. Hopeful. I'm hopeful. But, you know, you can't rule anything out. Right. And I don't think it's going to happen. But like to see him say, like, yeah, look, there there is a championship window open right now." And I want to be a part of that rather than, oh, sign with. And prove to prove yourself, prove to yourself that you can be a number one, which in, yeah. in New York for either of those teams, it's, it seems virtually impossible. Uh, right. But, but you know, it's up to him and I won't be mad. Sure. And yeah, well, whatever he chooses, I, I wish him, you know, I wish him the best. And I hope he does get paid because he deserves every ounce of it. But Corey, um, resign, Corey. Resign, Corey, please, please. Uh, my positive is the guy who gives the ball to Corey Davis. Ryan Tannehill, guys, it's some of the throws that he made 
on Sunday, if he was wearing a number 15 Chiefs jersey, he it, those throws, those plays would have been plastered all over the internet. They would have been all over Sports Center. It's all you would have seen for the last three days. But it's Ryan Tannehill, and there's this stigma about Ryan Tannehill. There's even a stigma within some Titans fans about Ryan Tannehill because he played eight years with the Dolphins, and he was so mediocre at best in Miami. No one's willing to give him his due. Well, step aside because I am. I'm about <laughs> to give him his due. Ryan Tannehill, my man, was awesome on Sunday. Not just I, I think initially, not not even the the touchdown pass to Corey Davis, which was awesome. Which on the run. Makes that throw on a rope to Corey Davis in the end zone. Boom. A, a touchdown the Titans needed. But also the throw that set up the assist throw almost for that touchdown. That passed a deep ball to A.J. Brown down the middle of the field. It's a beauty. On a rope, dude. It was it was an incredible throw. And I like I legitimately I saw that and I was like, my gosh. Like I was blown away by the throw. It was it it reminded me a lot of the Khalif Raymond throw from uh, the Ravens game in the divisional round of the playoffs last year, but but even more on a rope and more on 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 target. And AJ made a great catch with his hands. Shout out to him, even though you know we uh, you had a drop. He, yeah, he, he you know wasn't wasn't great, but it, like that was that was a great catch. And to me, Ryan, and even just the the Michael uh, is it Michael Michael, Michael? Pruitt Michael Pruitt. Michael. But it's spelled it's spelled Mike Michael. I think it is Michael. Although Mike, Mike you know what? Let's I'll just say it real fast so people don't know. Say, say it fast. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and even that throw he had to Michael Pruitt was <laughs> like it was it was like right over the defender's hands. It was awesome. And, I, and to me, Ryan Tannehill, if he got all the credit in the world, it wouldn't be enough because he has been the way he has bounced back not last year and then he sustained the success that he had last year into this year. He just doesn't get enough love in my book. And I think Titans fans need to really appreciate the fact that you have, dare I say a top seven quarterback in the league. I would say it's in the top seven easy, right? I put him, I put him in the top 10 ish, you know, tough. I know the way he's played this season, he's played like a top seven quarterback. Yeah. This year he probably is. But you I, know, just, I just think there's that there's that there's that dolphin stigma that is around him, and people yes, aren't willing right. to give him his his credit, even though statistically over the last 16, 18 games, he is he is one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in the NFL. And that and that's not hyperbole. Like I'm not that's not me being a Titans fan. Statistically, his quarterback rating is better. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, literally every other quarterback in the league. So, and his completion percentage as well. Yeah. And also so, there was that drop off, right? When it started with the bears and it kind of really continued even through last week's win where he just, you know, something he just wasn't clicking, you know, he didn't look like his normal self where he's firing on all cylinders, but this week it was good to see him kind of get back to the Tannehill that we all know and love. All right. And uh, what's your, what's your last positive? Okay. My last positive Cam Batson and Michael Pruitt. Okay. Yes. If you had approached me before the game and said Cam Batson and Michael Pruitt are going to combine for three touchdowns, I would have said, Jesus Christ, man, mix in a water. You've been drinking <laughs> Bud Light Platinums with Mitchell Ferkins. Um, <laughs> but it's what happened. It is. Like Cam Batson <laughs> caught, a, caught a touchdown pass. Michael Pruitt had a 22 yard touchdown pass and recovered an AJ Brown fumble in the end zone, right place, <laughs> right time for three touchdowns. 
Look, I will say this. The wild bat did not work as planned. Cam Batson dropped the snap and everyone's at Arthur Smith's throat because Cam Batson couldn't handle the snap. It's that, that's not, yeah, that's that, that play call is not on Arthur Smith. I, I know that's on that, that play is on Cam Batson, but that was the only negative from his day on Sunday. And he's my new favorite toy in this Titans offense. So this, this toy department that Arthur Smith loves to go to, loves to find different ways to use different players' skills. Cam Batson's probably the quickest player on the roster. He can turn on a dime. He can cut on a dime. He can, he, he can outrun you. His hands are solid. It's kind of like uh, Jonu Smith's emergence the last year and the year really before, where yeah. he was just using him in funky ways to, yeah. kind of, to kind of get the most out of his talent, and that's that's what he's doing with Cam Batson. I'm not saying Cam Batson's Jonu Smith. I'm just saying there's definitely talent there, and Arthur Smith is squeezing every drop out of that Batson well and, that, that he really can. And he has speed, and that's why he runs the wild pat the the wild bat. Sorry. Uh, that because he has that speed and he can he can make plays with his legs and you know as a wide receiver obviously you have to catch the ball and then run why not just give the ball like hand the ball off to him which is why they run the wild bat give the ball directly to him and let him make plays with his legs i love it frankly um and he came up huge on two fourth downs on, on when it's fourth down the titans flash up the bat signal and they say we're going Cameron Batson and then he and then he makes the catch on the sidelines, no, no less. He made that one catch that they that they initially ruled incomplete, but then they had to review it. And a phenomenal catch on the sideline that that doesn't get enough credit. And then the catch that he made in the end zone for the touchdown on fourth and five. Like the dude comes up big, made big plays when they needed him the most. And I, yeah, Cameron Batson, love him. He's growing on me. He really is. Same thing with McCall Pruitt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Michael, Michael Pruitt. Hey, good job stepping in for Johnu Smith. Yes, can't forget about you, my friend. Um, Johnu, I'm a little, little angry with you right now because you're on my fantasy team and my tight end position produced nothing this he week. He's just gotta so. get healthy. He's just gotta get, gotta get healthy. Gotta get right. Uh, my last uh, positive, and I know, like I know, I actually, I, I actually said this after the Bears game on uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, the game was not as close as the score suggests. And a lot of people were saying that this week with the Titans and Browns. You know, the Titans, oh, well, yeah, the, you know, the Titans only lost by six, but <laughs> that game was not as close as the score suggests. Now that the Titans are on the other side of that saying, <laughs> I kind of want to combat it a little bit. Yeah. Because to me, my positive is the way the Titans fought back in that second half. That game, a lot of people had that game lost in the second quarter. Again, not me. I was live tweeting the whole thing. I <laughs> I knew that the Titans were going to come back. Yeah. I, I knew the Titans were going to come back. And you could argue that they were an A.J. Humphrey deflected ball for an interception away uh -huh. from coming back and tying that game in the second half. They were probably going to score a touchdown on that drive, at least. And they would have made things interesting. And we all know Cleveland is a, a town full of chokers. They're perpetual like they that's just what they they're known for they're known for losing people are waiting for the other shoe to drop with this with this browns team and when they built up a 31 point lead i i felt like okay this is this is like the mix of the perfect. this is this is perfection and the titans are in the right place at the right time right the titans are team that known for comebacks they just did it two weeks ago against the ravens they're known for comebacks the browns are known for blowing things like that slutty girl in high school. Like that's that's what the Browns <laughs> do. I'm like so, and the Titans like were able to 
like make it make it back and they only lost this game by six points to me i loved that fight i love that fight that they put and it came down to an onside kick i was tweeting back and forth with a browns fan on uh on sunday and he was like uh you know like oh the titans aren't coming back in this game and i was like all right you're gonna be the first tweet that i retweet once they do <laughs> you're gonna be the first freezing cold take yeah exactly yeah and so then sure enough titans lose and he hits me up and he says uh you know he says you know ah you know sorry about that man but yeah they they weren't coming back or something and i was like I was like, be honest with me. Were you nervous? And he goes, he goes, yeah, that last one's I'd kick. I'll be, I'll be honest. I was nervous. Like that's, that's just what it was. So you yeah. can't say that a team like the team, the Titans got blown out. I mean, yeah, they did in the first half, but they came back and it was only a six point game to end the game. And it's last I checked the NFL plays 60 minutes and the Titans. I mean, like the Titans played 60 minutes. I mean, well, I mean, you could argue they didn't play the first half, but the play 60 campaign, the NFL is always pushing. Right. Oh, I thought the Browns didn't do it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the, yeah, they scored in garbage time, but guess what? Garbage time is still part of the game. And garbage time if, matters too. If the Titans came back and won that game, nobody would say, oh, well, yeah, but they scored all their points in garbage time. Like, no, like it, that's only a narrative if, they come back and narrowly lose like they did on Sunday. So to me, the positive was how great they were. Hey, we need to get to our guest. I know after a week, like, uh, like the one we just had, you guys really want like critical analysis of this team. And Jack and I tried to deliver that when ventures alley, but, and, and you want to hear from someone that like, just is going to dig their nails and really chastise that performance. Peel back the layers of Titans onion. Yes. Yeah. Like just like, Oh, let's, let's hear it. Let's hear about how bad they were. Well, and, and like, and I get that because I want that too. That's the analysis I look for. So naturally Jack and I turn to someone who's not going to give that to you because they work for the team. <laughs> Amy Wells is our guest this week. And uh, no guys, she is awesome. And she does give some incredible insight. Uh, we've already recorded the interview, so I can say this truthfully. Yes. We like, she is awesome. Right. And, and just gives so much Intel and it's cool to hear not just the analysis that she has on this current Titans team, but she's been with this team for eight years now. And she talks about the transition from where the Titans were at eight years ago. And it gives good perspective. I, again, I, I was tweeting with a guy on, on, on Sunday who said he was, he was pissed off because the Titans always let him down. I said, always let you down, dude, they're, they're freaking eight and four. What are you talking about? He goes, yeah, well, they do this every year. It's the same thing every year. Every year, dude, they went to the AFC Championship last year. And and then I looked at his, I looked down his, his timeline, and it, one of his tweets was like, I'm done with the Titans. They're they're so effed up. I'm going to become a Jets fan. That's how, like, see, what you're dealing with there is, is, is a Vols, look, he's a Vols fan suffering from symptoms <laughs> uh, of, of trust issues. And it's, it's really kind of spilling over to his fandom with the Titans. Don't, Look, stay away from those types of people, sure. especially these last couple of weeks. So if you're, if you're lacking that perspective, Amy's going to give you some in this interview. She's awesome. Before we get to her, though, got to talk to you about mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag, uh, my sports betting, guys, it's everywhere. It's everywhere, and it's only growing, and it's only getting bigger and bigger. And you're probably going to try it on for size at some point. When you do, go to mybookie.ag. Use code MYTITANS. And they will double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. So I don't know, like, it's a you really know, if sweet you, deal. If you're if you're driving behind a, a Brinks truck 
with a door open in the back and money's flying out the back. I don't know why you wouldn't pull over your car and just pick up that free money. Same thing here. MyBookie.ag is giving you free money, essentially, and I don't know why you wouldn't take it. Use the uh, Titans My Best Bet. Did they? Did we get? Do we get anything on that? Oh man, Aiden. Oh no, was it AJ Brown scoring? AJ Brown to score, and he fumbled at like the two. It's very frustrating, but that's how gambling goes sometimes. Uh, look, so the best bet's still eight and four. Don't lose let, now. Let's chalk that up as a tie, though, because AJ Brown should have scored on that. We're gonna get some. We're gonna get some some games or some and some bets that go our way, kind of in a fluky matter. Sure. So I'm gonna look. I'm gonna toss this to the gambling gods. I'm gonna say. Here you go. This is my penance. Please take it and and, and shine a light on me in the weeks, you know, in, in the future weeks. Oh wait, 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 wait. Sorry, I was asking about my best bet. You, yeah. I think you gave me my bad beat. Is what you gave me. This week they were the same. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Cool. Just making sure. All right. So yeah, my Titans, mybookie.ag. Let's not waste any more time. We got to get to Amy because she is awesome. Here is Amy. Wells. Play that fruit punch. Thing. So we always talk about uh, how this podcast has pool within the walls of the Tennessee Titans. Well, I'm happy to announce this week that we've actually infiltrated the walls of the Tennessee Titans or the wells of the Tennessee Titans. (laughs) Oh, funny. She has spent 10 seasons in the NFL, including the last eight as the broadcast manager for the Tennessee Titans. She is the co-host of the team's official weekly show, Titans All Access, as well as the official Titans podcast. And... My absolute favorite thing about her, she is a Mizzou Tiger alum, M-I-Z. You can find her on Twitter at Titans Amy. That's A-M-I-E. She is Amy Wells. Amy, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Oh, my gosh. Well, first, I've got to start with a Z-O-U. <laughs> nice, and, nice. Uh, I am so happy to be here. This is great. I feel bad that I'm not actually at the team facility. You've actually infiltrated the walls of like my house, um, which sounds a little bit more intimate when you say it like that. Yeah. Seems very friendly. Yeah, let's uh, let yeah, let's pour a glass of uh, of, of like Chardonnay and uh, enjoy the uh, twinkling Christmas tree behind you. Or, or hey, Austin, we could pour up a sh- a shoe of cereal. And That's give it to our pets in the background like Amy has done. Yeah, full disclosure. So before uh, before Amy came on, she texted Jack and said, I've got a shoe full of cereal. I'm ready to go. And like without much context. And it turns out she is, uh, she's got a dog behind her, a little puppy, and she's trying to keep it quiet. So she put some checks into the toe of the shoe to keep the dog busy during this interview. So we appreciate the Creative. effort yeah. that you went to for this interview, Amy. I'll tell you what, this is ingenuity at its finest. I've also had like dishes of meat next to me while I do interviews. I've, I mean, whatever it takes to keep a three month old puppy just like somewhat contained is really what I'll do. I have no shame. It doesn't matter. Just keep the dog quiet so that we can talk about the Titans. Well, that's good intel too, because like we live in this like Zoom Skype world this year. And I feel like so many people are in that dog owner boat where they need to keep a dog quiet and heck i'm one of them i'm my dog's in the next room trying to stay hushed up during this interview and so i the shoe full of uh cereal is a, is a brilliant move and i think that's one i need to look into well i ran out of like meat so usually i'll have like a dish full of turkey or like yeah. 
pepperoni or something that's either for snacking for me or for the dog. Um, but there's always meat next to me when I'm doing an interview in this sure. Zoom world right now. And uh, I ran out. So I was like, ah, crap, I guess I'll use cereal. He likes cereal. What dog doesn't like cereal? Yeah, Good I'm pretty point. sure. Yeah, every, every dog uh, loves cereal. Um, and the, right. I was going to say, Amy, while we're on the topic of animals, um, birds, I want to talk about birds because I, there's a rumor going around that you really hate them. And I want to, I want to kind of write this, write this, uh, this whole situation. Challenger, the Eagle in specific, does that mean anything to you? (laughs) I don't do Challenger. I don't do any birds. So like 0% of the time have I found a bird where I'm like, you're fine. No, I don't like any of them. I don't like (laughs) parrots were the first. I've been afraid of parrots my entire existence. I don't know why it might be that they can talk. It might be because they're terrifying. I don't know, but I don't like parrots. And so that has since evolved into other birds, mainly birds of prey. And the challenger thing has an extra layer of just terror because they release it into the stadium as if this is a totally normal thing to do, releasing a wild animal in the stadium (laughs) full of people. And the whole time he's there, like in pregame, he's wearing the like death hat where he looks like he's an executioner. (laughs) And... So that's horrifying that we need special equipment for this bird before he just flies freely through a stadium. Like this doesn't make any sense. So when I started as a sideline reporter, I realized, oh God, Challenger and I are in the same space now. And I have to be on this sideline while this bird is just (laughs) flying. Uh, Like they don't put a leash on him. Like there's no net to contain him. Like he's just doing whatever he's going to do. Golly, I've spent so many times on sidelines, like looking for the handler and then moving to the other side and then spotting the handler. And I'm like, oh, got to move again and going (laughs) to the other side. It's consistent. But I think the most terrifying bird experience that I have had in a stadium is last season when we played the Ravens in the playoffs. I forgot that they have live ravens that they like to parade into the stadium and like hold them up on the sidelines to like rally the crowd, which (laughs) is horrifying. And so they bring them through the visiting sideline area. So I'm standing at the bench, minding my own business, hear like a ruffling of feathers, which I don't like, turn and look raven right behind me on someone's arm. And I think, Oh God, I've got to get out of here. Like the amount of expletives that were coming out of my mouth, alarming. <laughs> yeah. So I move and try to get away from it, move to the other side of the bench. There's another raven. <laughs> like they just kept coming and it's horrifying. And I'm trying to focus on this game and there's things going on and the Titans are winning, but there's ravens everywhere and I can't get away from them. It was like, I wanted to cry. I yeah. don't do birds. You're nope. just, no. you're just like, nevermore. <laughs> never more exactly so the the power yeah. rankings of worst birds are birds of prey birds of prey with helmets on and then ravens the rat bird <laughs> well and then raven but parrots supersede all of them parrots okay parrots are parrots, the top of that's the funny parrots one are the actual worst <laughs> can you eat fruit loops and he's a cartoon like oh. if there was a small bird inside of the fruit loops absolutely not <laughs> but no, I mean, p- 
parents well, it, are a whole nother level because they can talk and they can fly and they have talents. Like it, that sort of beast should not exist. If there was a bird inside the Fruit Loops, I think you'd have to take that up with General Mills because then you'd have other issues on your hands. <laughs> yeah, we would have. Oh, there. Yeah, we would have issues for a lot of reasons. <laughs> it wouldn't Amy, just. Uh, be- all right, I promise you we're going to talk Titans with you, but I do have to, I, ha- I have to ask you. I heard, I read somewhere um, that you once told your parents that if you made it 10 years in this business, that you would get a tattoo, oh. the Titan's shield on your body. Oh, you could be Mitch Ferkin's twin. Right? Well, no, I was just going to get, okay. <laughs> we just had Mitch, we just had Mitch on last week, and now you're on this week. So I got to ask you, you're 10 years in now. I got to ask you, are you still getting the tap, one? And two, like, where are we thinking? Like bicep, lower back, ankle, calf? Where, okay. where, where are we getting this tattoo? Because, I mean, you, you told your parents, and you don't want to lie to your parents. Well, yeah, okay. So I said it, and I was thinking, like, tasteful, small, NFL shield on my ankle – also never thought I would make it 10 years in the National Football League. That that just felt like this unobtainable, like pie in the sky dream. Longer so career I than felt, Jake Locker. That's right. Yeah. So I, I was saying something that to me I thought would never happen. Since then, <laughs> I have I have developed an aversion to pain. And uh I am absolutely not doing that. <laughs> like under no circumstances. Come on. No. You're, no. You're, you're just gonna lie. You just straight up lie to your parents. I guess that's cool. All right. So straight up lie to my parents. But if I know something about my mom and dad, they will be tickled that I am not following through with that plan. Like I don't <laughs> think that will bother them at all. It's all right. My so Christmas gift to them. Hypothetically, okay. Let's say you actually held your your promises and you had integrity. Uh, you, where would the tattoo go? It w- my thought at the time was that it would go on my, like on my ankle, which <laughs> that's so that's like, now so, that I think it's a so very basic, well, and also a very bony region. Like no, that does not feel good. Um, yeah, it was going to be like small, tasteful on my ankle. Um, but I, this was also an idea that I had when I was 21 years old. So, and I can't think of an, a single idea I had when I was 21 years old that now at 31 feels like a strong that, idea. That Not is a, a single that thing. That is a very 21, like early 20s idea of uh-huh. like, oh yeah, this is going to be a cool thing. Not, not, not putting into effect like the, the factor, factoring in the, when you are in your 30s, like you, you, like you don't really want to get a tattoo when you're in your 30s. Like, sure don't. <laughs> you don't see Mm-mm. many 30-year-olds in tattoo parlors, I don't think. No, like this is my time. I've been waiting all these years. Now here it is. No, uh, yeah, there, uh, there's a lot of things about that that make it a less than ideal plan. Um, but really, truly, I, the level of just excitement and disbelief that I am still able to do this 10 years later is still very real. And so it's not because my level of excitement has changed, but my level of wisdom has increased dramatically. All right, Amy, 10 years in the NFL. Corey Davis has been with the Titans almost four. 
And what's coming up is a huge decision this offseason. And I'm, I'm sorry for not segueing properly, but either way. <laughs> no, it's pretty good. It was, <laughs> it was good. That was good. Okay, Ten so years. Yeah. Passing grade. Yeah. Not going to hang it on the fridge, but it's a passing grade. <laughs> okay. So Corey Davis is coming up on the end of his uh, rookie deal with the Titans. And as the season goes along, it seems as if his stock continues to rise. He just had over 180 yards this week. Um, he's been impressive the last handful of weeks. Um, really outplayed A.J. Brown for the, for the majority of the last five games. Um, what, where do you see him in his contract situation landing this offseason? Because the salary cap's down 10%. It's going to be down $22 million in 2021. That's what the expectation is, at least. And the Titans don't have a whole lot to play with this offseason. So help me make sense of Corey Davis's return to Nashville. Well, I'm going to start by saying that it is currently December 8th, and the amount of things that can change between now and when a decision needs to be made are astronomical. And you're right. You're so right. there's a lot of things that will go into this decision. You are absolutely right. Corey Davis is having a spectacular year. He's playing strong. The man has had a tremendous amount of adversity, both personally and just health-wise. He's been able to overcome all of that. I mean, Corey Davis is doing exactly what Corey Davis does, which is staying calm and continuing to perform. Um, this isn't out of character for Corey, but I think that he's getting some opportunities this year that maybe he hasn't in previous years, and he's taking advantage of them. Um, and I don't think that anybody ever questioned that. The thing that's going to be really interesting is what the salary cap ends up looking like. Um, we all kind of have a guesstimate of where it's going to end up being. We are not entirely sure. And so for a lot of teams, cuts are going to have to be made this year that wouldn't necessarily be made in previous years, just because the salary cap is going down when every year it's gone up. So that is really going to be the predictor. And I don't want to sound like I'm not answering your question, but I can't really answer your question. because. No, yeah, you're fine. I don't know. I really, truly, I don't know what the season's going to shake out at. And I think a lot of it is going to be injury dependent. I think a lot of it is going to be, there's just so many things that will go into a decision like that. I don't think there's anybody that has been dissatisfied, unsatisfied, dissatisfied. <laughs> there's nobody that has been unhappy with the way that Corey Davis has performed. <laughs> Uh -huh. He has he has answered the call every single time, and that's exactly what the Titans want to have on their team. Like, Corey Davis embodies a Tennessee Titan. Um, what does that mean money-wise? I have no idea. What does that mean for where he will play in 2021? I have no idea. But I know that in 2020, right now, people are very happy with how he's performing. If, if it's a financial thing and, you know, the Titans just – simply can't outbid other teams that will probably be throwing, you know, backing up Brinks trucks for him. Is there any chance you could like start a GoFundMe around the office and maybe see if like, <laughs> you know, anyone could chip in and, and cause I look, I'll be honest. I've completely Jack and I, Jack and I call, um, we call Corey Davis banana bread because coming into this year, we felt like he was, you know, he's like, a, he was a banana had gone Brown. And we were hoping that the Titans could figure out something to do with them before throwing him away. You know, coming into the last year of his contract, we just figured, okay, this is, let, let's see if we can 
like whip up a, you know, go on Pinterest and find like a good banana bread recipe and, and make something useful of him. And clearly they have, they have, and the banana bread has tasted and smelled delicious all season long. And now I'm like, okay, well let's, well now we got to keep making more of this banana bread, you know, like maybe we start our own baking shop, like previous Titans you tend to do, you know, like maybe that's like where we go with this. And now I want Corey Davis back. Like if, if, if you would have told me in June that I'd be begging for the Titans to bring Corey Davis back, I would have been like, you, you are crazy. You're psycho. Quarantine has gotten to you. 2020 has been awful for you. Where have you, like, how have you gotten to this point? But I am there now. Like I want Corey Davis back in, in, in two-tone blue in 2021. That was quite the analogy. Like, wow. <laughs> Whoa. With the banana bread. That uh, was, I mean, so solid good. and thorough. Whoa. <laughs> you I, like took it all the way down the road. You were starting companies. Like that's, I mean, in depth. Look, I'm, I'm just thinking like, you know, maybe, maybe Keith Bullock's uh, coffee shop needs, uh, needs some pastries to sell alongside. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> if you think that's good, just wait till you hear the Tucker McCann um, quarantine Drano analogy we had. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Or the. Uh, a different podcast. Or the Rumspringa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh, so, all right. Let me keep it. Let me keep it in the uh, wide receivers uh, room, I guess. Um, so, r- shortly before we start recording, Adam Humphreys goes back to the IR. Amy, I, I got to ask you, like, do you think it's possible that with Adam Humphrey specifically, he had that massive hit to the head, you know, concussion, knocked him out for weeks, previously on the IR. He, he, he gets healthy. He comes back. Is it possible that the Titans maybe rushed him back a little too soon? Like he, he wasn't – maybe it was one of those things where he just – he wanted to get back on the field as soon as possible and – you know, he, he's like, okay, I'm ready. And then, and then here he is, he's right back kind of where we started. Is, is that a possibility? Um, with head injuries, probably not. Um, I'm not a doctor and I'm not Adam Humphreys, so I don't entirely know his body and what's going on with it. I would say that the chance that the Tennessee Titans rushed him back is unlikely, just given how seriously they take health mainly Mike Vrabel because he was a player. So you have the added bonus of not just a coach who cares about his players. He's a coach that was one of his players. So he typically is of the mindset that if everything's cool, let's wait another week. Um, Because frankly, if someone is not able to perform their job at the level they should be able to perform it at, they're not helpful to the team. And a lot of times they can do longer term damage. So I don't think that that's what happened in Adam Humphrey's case. I don't know why he's on IR. I am not, I mean, this happened minutes before we got on um, this podcast and I haven't had the opportunity to talk to anybody about it uh, because I'm at home. So I (laughs) don't really know um, what that injury is, but I like the idea. I like that this year we have the IR option where you can bring guys back after three weeks. Houston's always a big game. Being able to bring him back in week 17, in theory, could be very helpful for this Titans team. So that's something I'm kind of circling on my calendar because I love having all three of those guys on the field. Yeah. 
while we're on the road to kind of uh, depressing topics and questions <laughs> and answers about wait that was the fun part that was it huh <laughs> no no oh, <laughs> that good. wasn't no that was the start to the road that i'm about to go down here yeah uh this pass rush is it is it bad enough to where it could cost this team a championship because it has all the makings of a, of a top five offense an offense good enough to get you through the playoffs whether you're running it with henry or you've got Tannehill dropping back making decisions to uh, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, Jonu Smith, if he's healthy, which is hopefully soon. Um, it, do you think that this pass rush with the loss of Jadavian Clowney, with uh, Tier Tart, who was emerging, now suspended a game for stomping on another player, uh, is this pass rush going to hold this Titans team back from going to where the other phase on the offense is capable of taking them? Well, I mean, it's definitely a portion of the team that we as spectators thought was going to look very different at this point in the season when we started in training camp. However, that's not the only part of the defense on the field. I mean, there are a lot of things that I think Mike Vrabel would like to see improve on that side of the ball. I think that there are a lot of people that are contributing to multiple phases of what happens on a defense. It's not just the pass rush. It's not just the secondary. It's not just, I mean, we can go on and on and say, well, it's not just this. And I mean, it sounds like a kind of a basic naive thing to say, but there are more people on the field who are doing well. And there are more people on the field who are also making mistakes. So it kind of goes hand in hand that I don't think there's just one area of the defense that you can say, this is a problem. Does it look dramatically different from what we all hoped and dreamed it would? Absolutely. Do I think that it is going to be the demise of the Tennessee Titans? Absolutely not. Okay. I agree with a lot of what you said. And what I want to hit on is, yes, it isn't only the pass rush. The, the, the pass rush and the secondary often have a symbiotic relationship where if one's performing well, the other is to likely perform well as well um, just because they're put in better situations. Um, and with the talent the Titans have on defense, there's no reason why they should be at the bottom of the league in some of these categories. Like third down defense has been a big struggle this year. Um, so uh, the Shane Bowen experience with Mike Vrabel, not really naming a defensive coordinator, but it's clear that Shane Bowen's making some of these calls and it's, it's, it's really his, you know, car that he's driving. Does, does Vrabel reevaluate that, that side of the ball, that the coordinator position after the season? Because a lot of Titans fans are really upset with the performance that they've given considering the talent that they have. They, they have the talent on this defense to be, a, if not a good defense, at least a middle of the road, which isn't really where they've been this season. I guess my counter to that is that a named, like, with the label on his door defensive coordinator would not be going out there and making the plays. Like, coaches coach the players to go out and make the plays. So the issue isn't necessarily who is determining who does what. It's teaching and executing is what it is. So I think that a lot of emphasis has been put on working on communication on the defensive side of the ball. That has been a huge thing that the team has been working on because that's a big part of what a defense does. They have to communicate and they have to vocalize what is happening. They have to help each other. They have to speak to each other to help each other. And it's things like that, that if a guy is off by a hair in a certain gap, 
or is watching the wrong guy and someone else sees it and then they can help them see what they need to be seeing and communicate that quickly, then all of a sudden we have a play that's not busted. And that happens all the time. So it's that kind of stuff that needs to be changed. It's not that these guys don't know what they're doing because there's no defensive coordinator or a named defensive coordinator telling them to do that. Like, there's way too much stock being put in that. It it just – I mean – what, what, well, I was really coming from a scheme perspective. Is is this really the, the, the right – because you, you, the drop-off between Dean Pease's defense and Shane Bowen's, I know that Shane Bowen had, didn't get the full offseason that, that Pease was given. And, you know, he kind of started with a disadvantage, started behind the eight ball. But it's just it, – it's kind of makes you scratch your head because Kevin Byard's out here. And I, he's shown that he can be an all-pro safety. And now he – seems, you know, positioned wrong in, in a bunch of the times. And he just isn't having the year that he's capable of having. Uh, you know, you go to cornerbacks. Uh, Adoree Jackson hasn't been healthy, which isn't fair to, to really grade the secondary on either. But it's, just, it's, it's frustrating to a point that, you know, they're not applying pressure there or they can't, get, they can't get pressure. And it showed against this week against the Browns. Baker Mayfield kills when he has time to throw. The, the Titans only pressured him three times on three passes. And he, he goes 0 for 3. He goes 0 for 3, three throwaways, but kills them when, when they aren't bringing pressure. It's just sometimes there's situations in games where you're scratching your head. What do they not see that we see? And I guess that's what has me and a lot of other Titans fans kind of just kind of wondering. Absolutely. And I get the frustration 100%. But you also have to realize there have been so many changes, especially on the defensive side of the ball this season the entire secondary has not been out on the field all season long mainly because Adoree Jackson has not played a game not one haven't seen him Mm -hmm. I mean he's battling an injury he's trying to get back we have not seen him on a Sunday yet so that is an issue I mean Christian Fulton was getting some reps and then he's kind of been hurt and that's been an issue I mean we added Desmond King who came in on a Saturday and played on a (laughs) Sunday that got is a touchdown. unusual. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he played very well on a Sunday. But that's odd, and that's mm-hmm. a hard thing for an entire secondary to adapt to. We started out with Vic Beasley and Jadeveon Clowney. We're not seeing any of those guys anymore for different reasons. Jayon Brown shattered his elbow. He's not around anymore. Like, there are so many different things that have changed. David Long last week hadn't practiced for two weeks because he had COVID. <laughs> like, and then yeah. he came in and was making plays against the Colts. Like, there's so many bizarre things that are happening this year for a variety of reasons. And it's you're not getting the consistency that that side of the ball specifically needs. Again, with communication, there's so many things that need to almost be innate for a defense to really work well. And they haven't had the ability to establish any of that. So they're actively working on reminding guys to talk to each other because they have so little time together just because of the nature of a crazy, crazy 2020 season. So I think that less is scheme related and less is guys being able to ask things or being asked to do things they're not capable of and guys just aren't able to all be on the field at the same time together which is what you need for a successful defense on a scale of one to ten where do you rate your level of concern for kind of the drops that we've seen from uh, Arthur Juan Brown this year AJ Brown um not concerned 
confused. Is confused a good word? That's, I like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Scale of one to ten on your confused. <laughs> well, I mean, I picked the word, so I guess a ten. Um, I don't. I just. It always surprises me when it happens because it seems so out of character for him. I mean, we see him make these amazing kind of jumping, one-handed, very elaborate plays, and then it seems like a ball that. I mean, looks relatively easy to catch. I've never done it, but something that looks like a relatively easy catch is something that he's not following through on. And so I think it's something that he's actively, like he knows, he's aware that this is something that's not great and he's actively trying to fix it. And that's all you can ask for out of a wide receiver. It always surprises me when it happens, but I guess that being surprised as opposed to expecting it is where you want to be because that means that it's unexpected. Right. He is, he is Spider-Man you know, at some time. As surprises are. <laughs> I was going to say, he is Spider-Man sometimes where he makes these catches that, you know, he look, makes look so easy. And then I guess, you know, whether it's lack of concentration or whatever, it's, it doesn't happen on other times. But Amy, where we are today, and everyone likes to play this, if the season ended today game, and I think it's the worst game ever um, <laughs> yeah. because there's four more weeks and there's still so much to be determined. Yeah, we'd have much bigger concerns on our hands if, if the season actually ended today. Yes, yes. So many more questions than whether or not the Titans <laughs> made the playoffs. Well, it's a Tuesday, so that right, would be exactly. By the way, there's a football game tonight, which is the weirdest thing. Right. About but um, I was going to ask you, which team – we just saw the Steelers fall for the first time. The Titans gave them a run. Uh, it, was, it was left to Goskowski missed field goal that kept them from overtime against that team. Um, and then the Chiefs last year, the Titans went up to Kansas City and they played well for a half. And then it just seemed to unravel in the second half. The Chiefs figured out that Titans defense. Um, but where we stand today, which team do you think the Titans match up against best with a road game in the playoffs? Mm, that's a good question. Good question, Jack. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. I kind of. I would like a rematch with the, and I don't think that this would be a road game if this happened, but I would like a rematch with the Browns. Like I want another shot at them yes. from right now. I want it. I want it bad. These teams are so similar. I hated the way that that game went mm-hmm. down. Um, not in a, like a scandalous kind of way. I just didn't like it. Like there wasn't anything about that game that I enjoyed. Um, except for um, the, the pass that like kind of jumped up and then it was caught again for a touchdown. That was very fun. But other than that, like very bad taste in my mouth from that Browns game. I want to see them again in the playoffs. I want to see them in a time when I know the Titans will just go in there and take care of business because that's what the Titans do in the playoffs. Um, That's what I want. And that's what I was saying after the game ended, I was like, I, I think if the Titans played them tomorrow, they win. Yeah. I, you know, I, it was a game where I really didn't think it was over until it finally ended because mm-hmm. there's something about the Browns. They have this aura about them of just turning any good thing into the complete opposite. And the Titans, well, and they, they almost did okay. technically, you know, yeah. a lot of people like to, you know, chalk that game up as a, as a blowout, which is fine. Cause like in the first half, it, it was a blowout, but the Titans chipped away. And, and you know, last time I checked football game is 60 minutes and whether the, Browns took their foot off the gas or not, it ended as a six-point game. Like, I mean, honestly. I was still it, holding out hope that they would get the onside kick. I right. Really like, I, I, like, I, I, the, the I, Titans do to you. And they're the Browns, too. Like, they're, they're 
stadium is literally nicknamed the factory of sadness. So, I mean, I love, I love Amy's answer because if, yeah, if the Titans are going to go on the road anywhere in the playoffs, let's go to the factory of sadness and create more. Yep. Yeah. And if, I mean, if it means anything to you guys, I talked to my mom immediately following that game and her analysis was if that game was five minutes longer, you guys would have won. Right. And Mm -hmm. I believe her. I yeah, think they, she's right. It didn't lose, just ran out of time. You know, that's all it was. <laughs> yep. Yep. I still that's think exactly part of me still thinks that the Titans are going to come back and win that game. Like I I'm still not sure, you know, like I let's go back and recount the uh let's get a recount going. <laughs> you can do it for elections, you can do it for football games. I uh, love playing them again. I want them again. I do too, Amy. Mm-hmm. Amy, I got to ask you this. You've worked with the Colts, you've worked with the Ravens, and you've worked with the Titans. I need you to be honest here, okay? She hates okay. the Ravens, right? She has to. She well, hates, yeah, uh, just the, based the on her bird, bird fear. Yeah, that, the bird fear alone. Yeah, I guess we could maybe even scratch them off. But who has been the best <laughs> among those to work for? Not oh, that, that I'm no. you on the spot or anything. No, I don't feel on the spot because I already have a very well curated answer you're not going to like. So that's great. Um, <laughs> I liked all of them for different reasons. And I love Nashville and I love the Titans and I love this city and I love this team. And it's been such a great place to be and like actually create a life here. So that's been phenomenal. The Ravens were where I started this whole NFL thing. And I had no idea what I was doing and literally thought I was going to get fired every single day because I just didn't have a clue what was going on. But I had the time of my life and that was like such an awesome experience and Baltimore is such a cool city like it's so gritty and raw and I loved it um Indianapolis yeah, but, but birds though but birds remember the birds though. but birds, birds yeah I know the birds but when I was there I was in the press box so like never interacted with the birds we weren't in the same spaces like it was fine it was totally cool um they don't keep those birds in the facility so it's a-okay with me um Indianapolis was great because it got me closer to my family. I was back in the Midwest, which I loved. Um, Really enjoyed working for that organization. Was able to actually feel like a real person who knew what I was doing because that was my second team. So I felt like I was able to actually grow in what I was doing a little bit as opposed to just like trying not to get fired. Um, And so that was the place where I kind of was like, okay, I can do this. Like, this is fine. So, I mean, that'll always be the city where I kind of got my confidence and kind of got my groove back. So all three of them have like these major milestone moments in my life. Um, So you can't have one without the other two. It just doesn't make sense. So I have to, there is no favorite. They're all just different chapters. All right. Well, you, you, I I feel like you spoke the most highly of the Titans. So I'm going to take that answer as the Titans, uh, which is good. I'm glad to hear that. The, uh, the, uh, it's very politically correct, right? It's like when you ask your mom who her favorite kid is. You know, right. She, she right. Give you a direct answer. Well, my mom, <laughs> my mom will always say my sister, so that's not necessarily a good analogy for me. Uh, <laughs> no, the I will. I'll say, and I'll say this. Look, uh, I don't think your uh, Twitter handle is uh, Colts Amy or Ravens Amy. So it's uh, absolutely not. I'm just no. saying, you know, like I, I think, uh, I think we have our our answer. Uh, and can I ask you this? If if yeah. For whatever reason, God forbid, for for us Titans fans, God forbid, you ever leave and you go to another NFL team, 
can you keep your Twitter handle as Titans Amy? Is that possible? I don't, I'll never work for another NFL team after the Titans. I mean, this feels like a big thing to say, and we've already established that I'm a liar. So, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But yeah, that means, as she's, I, that means she's definitely going to work for another NFL team. As I sit here today, I can't see myself ever working for an NFL team after working for the Titans. There have been, like, this is kind of – this is my spot. Like I, I'm very happy here. I like it here. I think when I'm done with the Titans, I'm done with the NFL and I might actually be done with life too. Like I might be dead. So <laughs> like this might be it for good for me. So uh, let me ask you based off of that answer, kind of you've been, you've been with the Titans for eight years now. Mm-hmm. There's been some significant changes in those eight years, not just there with, have. with Nashville that, that everyone knows about that, but like with the Titans, at, like at mm-hmm. the core of that building. And I'm not even talking about on the field. I'm talking about off of it, the front office and everything. What has it been like being there through, through all of that and seeing like, really, I mean, cause you were there for some of the darkest days and now you're here for some of arguably the greatest days like the Titans have ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, give or take, you know, minus a couple of seasons here and there, but like, what has that been like to just witness that, that culture change? Well, in all seriousness, like, I think that's kind of why I say like the Titans will be my last NFL team because I feel so embedded in this team or this team is embedded in me. One of the two, like it feels very much like a family. And there are a lot of teams that don't really get to say that. Um, A lot of teams have big staffs. And you kind of know your little pod of people who you work with every day and really interact with. For me, that's not really what it's like. That hasn't been my experience because when I started with the team, we were the smallest team. We were the second smallest staff in the national football league. So I knew everybody and I worked with everybody, like literally every single person I interacted with in some way, because we were all doing things that were kind of, loosely related to our job description, but there just weren't enough of us to do everything. So we were all just kind of doing everything. And I I mean, there's a stressful component to that because you feel like you're doing a lot of stuff, but it's also really exciting and you feel really scrappy, but you develop this big sense of ownership within the team because, oh my gosh, look at what we've built. Oh my gosh, look at what we've been able to do. And so now looking back at those eight years and some of the early years when I was here and things were so different, the staff has grown so much. Amy Adams Drunk has invested so much in the building, in growing different departments. And I mean, good gravy. We have so many people. We're building a whole new structure right now just to put them all in. Like, it's crazy the amount of growth that this team has had in the last five, six years. And to be able to look at it and say, whoa, this is pretty cool too, because look at all the resources we're getting. Look at all the ways that we're able to continue to spread this message. And oh, by the way, the football's really good finally. So look at all of the new ways we get to interact with fans and we get to spread the word about this team. And we get to really see how fired up people are about it. Like it feels really good to start to see some of the fruits of your labor I really feel like you started on the ground up with something. And so, I mean, and I'm not even like Mike Keith, who's been here since the dawn of time. Like he, and he feels the same way I would assume because he literally sat in a trailer and said, I have to sell a team now. Like it, it was 
such a different experience for him. And it's just being part of a team that is small and scrappy and so hometown. And uh, I love it. I love everything about being a part of this organization. I feel very proud that I've been able to see some of these different phases and see the growth of this team. I'm so excited to see what comes next and what crazy things Amy Adams Strunk has in store because it just keeps getting better. Well, from the outside looking in, that's been one of the coolest things to see. Cause obviously like, so I've been, I've been a Titans fan since day one, since they, they made the, the move and the, uh, shout out the NFL. Yes. Campaign. Uh, <laughs> I, I have seen that like they obviously they came out with a bang go to the Super Bowl like it's an all-time high just the like the stadium's loud everyone's on fire for the Titans then they kind of hit a lull and they go through a down period have a little bit up at the end of the 2010s and then last decade was just I mean it was just awful and it's so great to see that like this team like obviously Amy Adams Strunk and everything she has done to like set the foundation of like okay look we're going to be become a really a national brand, something that they, they should have done building off of the success that they had early on, but they didn't. There's a little bit of complacency, at least it, it seemed like. And then now all of a sudden she takes over full time and she lays that foundation. And now the football is getting good. And that's the most sellable aspect of the team. And so once you have that foundation built, you have something to, to build on with the football being good. And it's been so awesome to see that, like that transformation. And now you've got people nationally turning their heads towards Nashville, whereas it it become a forgotten product. People not to get, you know, not to get, uh, you know, cheesy, but like they had forgotten the Titans literally. And because it was, it was just this, you know, they, they weren't winning and it was like, Oh yeah, Nashville has a team. Now it's like, People aren't talking about NFL teams without mentioning the Titans. And it's as a fan, it's freaking awesome to see. And I, I love my, my kudos to you and everyone within the walls there because it's really been so great to, to finally see, okay, look, the Titans are becoming a national product. I'm proud to be a fan of this team. So anyway, it's, that's <laughs> that was nice. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, <And> thank you. <laughs> It's uh, it really has. It's been a cool thing to see. It's been cool to be in Nashville, the city, long enough to feel like I've seen the changes and I've yeah. seen it continue to grow and grow. I mean, who ever thought that the NFL draft being in Nashville yeah. would be as epic as it was? Mm-hmm. I mean, we all knew it would be fun, but like that blew me out of the water. And that just goes to show you, this is a football town. It just is. And it's a town that's growing. It's a city that's relevant. There are so many exciting things about the city of Nashville. And then to have good football, which everybody loves anyway, and have that mix. I mean, it's unbelievable. And the amount of things that can happen in this town with this team, the sky's the limit. You can't count them. Amy, your excitement has me excited for the future. I'm I'm really looking forward to not only this week where they hopefully get right against the Jags, but years to come I think they've got you know solid core in place it's finally structurally sound from the top to the bottom I'm really excited for the future but before we let you go we really appreciate your time yeah thank you but we need a prediction for Sunday what's going to happen are the Titans going to bounce back of course the Titans are going to bounce back are you kidding me it's the Jaguars good answer what I like I like an angry Titans team Going into Jacksonville, where, oh, by the way, Derrick Henry grew up and shows out every single time he is there. 
always. I am so excited. I think that this is going to be such a fun game on Sunday. I want to take all of this frustration from last week and take it out on them. That's family, my point. family feud. Good answer. Good answer. The Titans are seven and a half point favorites. You think they cover? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Blow it out of the water. Yeah, Blow it out of the water. Didn't have to think okay. twice about that one. <laughs> nope. Nope. I'm ready. I'm fired up. I love Jacksonville week because it feels like an old school college rivalry. Like, it brings me so much joy. I love angry football games. I think they're the best ones. I love when things start out chippy and just get weirder as the game goes on. That's the kind of football I'm looking for, and I'm hoping that that's what we get on Sunday. Yeah. It's kind of got an Ohio State-Michigan rivalry to it of late with the Titans dominating and Vrabel coaching uh, – or, I mean, playing in, in Ohio State. So, yeah. That going, but uh, – I was going to say it's the – like Jaguars the world's, uh, world's second grade – second greatest outdoor cocktail party because they play in Jacksonville sometimes (laughs) every year. Uh, Amy, you, you are awesome. Thank you so much for, for doing this and taking the time. We, we really appreciate it. I hope that, hope that dog still has a few more checks uh, to, to mow through uh, with all the time (laughs) that we've taken up from you, but you are awesome. I can't wait to see uh, the tattoo um, because maybe, maybe it's a parrot. Maybe a nope. celebratory yeah, yeah. get tattoo. a tattoo of a parrot. Nope. I think that's uh, that's all we need. <laughs> Guys, there will give, be no tattoos. Give her a follow on on Twitter at Titans Amy. I'm, I, and again, like if if you're a fan of the Titans, you need to be following all sources of Titans. And Amy is a fantastic one, um, just with the content the team puts out and everything. So at Titans Amy, that's A M I E on Twitter. Amy, again, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. We should do it more often. Well, hey. Right. Hey, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. That was Amy Wells. Guys, she's awesome. She's really, she's a lot of fun, man. And I, I we're definitely going to get her back on the podcast. Uh, not just because she's a Mizzou grad, but because she's really good at what she does. And, you know, it's funny how she's a Mizzou grad and she's really good at what she does. Huh. It's funny how that, that oh my uh, gosh, stop, really. get off your high horse. <laughs> no, that's, no, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly joking because I'm not good at what I do and I'm a Mizzou grad. So it, it, maybe they don't correlate. Uh, let's get into Remember the Titan before we get out of here. Uh, the, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start, Jack. I'm going to go, I'm going back to 2003. Uh, two thousand. Well, really, two thousand to two thousand four. Tennessee Titans. I am going with a man, and I'm not joking. You when I say this, his name is Fred Junior Miller Junior. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Fred Miller though. He was a big boy. Fred Miller, big boy, offensive tackle for the Tennessee Titans. I uh, played for the Rams. Uh, he was drafted out of Baylor in the fifth round. 141st overall in the 96 draft played for the Rams, St. Louis Rams shout out, uh, played for the Tennessee Titans from 2000, 2004. And then he finished up his career with the Chicago bears, 2005 to 2008. Funny story about, uh, Fred mill Miller, especially his time with the bears, 2005 is one of his teammates. Olin Kruitz broke Olin his Kruitz. jaw, broke Fred Miller's jaw in an altercation the team, the team originally stated Fred Miller broke his jaw while getting out of bed in the middle of the night. <laughs> this is when the narrator comes out and says, 
Fred Miller did not break his jaw while getting out of bed in the middle of the night. <laughs> he got punched by his damn teammate. Uh, both players were fined fifty thousand dollars, and uh, which is which is funny because like if like if the Bears weren't lying, like would the would the NFL have fined his bed? I don't know. Uh, makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. It really does. Uh, where is he now? He's now an assistant coach. Uh, at least according to Wikipedia, who knows? This is probably, he probably hasn't been an assistant coach for like four to six years now, but, uh, he was a uh, assistant coach for North shore country day school in Winnetka, Illinois for the 2011 and 2012 seasons. There you go. I should have just read this all the way through in 2011. He helped the school to a nine and two record in one of the best seasons in school history, a mere three seasons. After the team finished 2008 season, 0 and 9, he's the Scott Frost of high school football, and he also and I and the only reason I bring up his coaching his career because he also coached for the North Shore Titans youth football program. Once a Titan, always a Titan. Fred Junior Miller Junior. Wow, how do I possibly follow that? I'm going to stick on the offensive line though, Austin. Okay, yes, and let's do it. Let's give the the. The big hogs up front, some love. This one might bring back some memories that really aren't great. I'm going to go to 2013. Let's take it to the draft. Okay, the Titans have the 10th overall pick in 2013. They're looking O line. The, the, the teams had a, the teams had a rough go. Okay, they can't block anybody. They can't get anything going on the ground. Chris Johnson has left. What do they do? They have to go lineman. Well, they go Trent Warmack. Oh, I thought you were going to say they go Fred Jr. Miller Jr. No, Jr. No. He, he precedes the 2013 draft class. Is, wait, Fred Warmack of Alabama, right guard, was selected. Interestingly enough, at the time of the draft, an interior O lineman hasn't been taken in the in the top ten picks since 1997, and Chance Warmack's the next one. Okay. <laughs> Chance Warmack's 2013 season did not go as planned. Pro Football Focus gave him positive grades for just four of the games in his rookie season. He he ultimately only spent three seasons with the Titans. Well, three and then two games after, I should say. Um, his, his tenure in Tennessee was not strong. He 19 penalties in three-plus years. Really, it was 16 games each season, which would total up to 48 games. He, he wasn't productive. He was a complete bust by all sense of the, the definition of bust. But the difference between Chance Warmack and the Titans' most recently selected offensive lineman in the first round was that Chance Warmack actually suited up and played for the Titans and started in games. So Chance, yeah. you're not all that bad, man. You're not, I, I just – I don't bad. understand. Like, I, I don't know what the Titans were expecting – because uh, they literally drafted a fat chance. Look, it's what you do. It's, well, yeah, when Alabama was so good at the time, you, you look at and you're like, man, if I just take their best lineman off of that team, there's no way it doesn't work. And you end up with Chance Warmack and you fall on your face and your seat, your, your franchise really turns to, to dust for the next six years. Real talk, though, what do you think Fred Jr. Miller Jr.'s son would be named? That's a whole different predicament. Fred Jr. Maybe it would be well, Fred like Jr. Be- Miller the Fred Jr. Miller the third, or Fred Miller the Ju- Fred Miller Ju- Fred Jr. Miller Jr. Jr. Do you just add another Jr. in there? Like, is it like Fred Jr. Jr. Miller Jr. 
there's a double junior at the end. So Fred Jr. Oh, at the end. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm, I just assumed like, yeah, I just assumed like his family for whatever reason took the junior and just put it in the middle of the name as, as each generation unfolded. So it was like his dad, Fred Jr. Miller Jr.'s dad was Fred Miller Jr. What if, what if he named his son Fred Sr. Miller? And then (laughs) when that would really, when when Fred Sr. Miller's son had a kid, he his name would then turn to Fred Senior Miller Senior. I don't know. I'm just thinking, and then go then it goes back to Fred Senior Miller Junior, and it starts the whole thing. Or what about? And, and by now, all of our listeners have turned us off. Oh, without question, yeah, everyone's gone by now. Uh, Fred, what about Fred Sophomore Miller Junior? Okay, he's got a couple years of eligibility left. Maybe a red shirt. Okay, I like that angle. All right, before we get out of here. We still have a little bit more podcast to go before we get out of here. Uh, what's next? I mean, you know, the team, we play them twice a year, every year, the freaking Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jaguars are one and 11. Okay. They almost won on Sunday, which goodness, the Vikings, what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah. Uh, almost won on Sunday, but they didn't. They're one and 11. They have lost 11 straight games after beating the Colts in week one. This Bro. is a wild ride. The Titans were one of those losses that they took, but it was a narrow loss. Barely. What? I said barely. It was a, yeah, it was barely, but Hey, look, when you, when you look at the Jaguars team and I don't mean to interrupt you, I just want to go right ahead. I'm just going to fire this quick joke off and then I'll let you jump back in. Oh, if it's a joke, then yeah, you're always welcome to cut me off. This Jaguars team is not the same that we saw when the Titans played them right in the beginning of the season. They'd Gardner Minshew, the mustache man, this quarter. Well, it's week 14, and obviously nothing's gone as planned, especially if you're the Jaguars with 11 straight losses, uh, tanking for Trevor Lawrence. They, they had a great shot. If the Jets just knew how to have safety help over the top, then maybe they'd be right there with them, neck and neck, one win each. But it is not the case. The Jets will roll into week 14 with, we talked about birds early with Amy Wells, with the human version of Big Bird himself at quarterback in Mike Glennon. The man's neck is longer than a giraffe. Uh, Look, he just doesn't look the part. And hopefully the Titans' defense, uh, I know horse collar is a penalty, but if you get him right above that horse collar under the helmet, maybe that's a a gray area. I don't know. Give it a shot. Yeah, Mike Glennon's neck is so long. He has to start drinking today just so he's (laughs) hydrated on Sunday. (laughs) That's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah, he's got a long game. This game, and I hate, I hate this term, this get right game. I hate that term. Yeah, don't, don't say that, guys. Let's not spread that, that like idea around on uh, this week. On uh, it's what happened against the Bengals. Bengals was supposed to be the ultimate get right game, right? Exactly. What happened? You fell on your face. I don't think that's going to happen this week. I think Titans are in a much better place, just with the with the guys they have available and, and and kind of how they're playing offensively, to where I don't think that they'll be held under twenty points. I, and especially against the Jaguars defense that needs all the help it can get. Derrick Henry, after a tough, tough game on Sunday against the Browns, he there's a good shot he runs wild. I'm I'm really hoping that that will be the case. Um, with the Jaguars, if you really just stop James Robinson, who's been an impressive rookie in his own right, we talk about guys like you know Justin Jefferson, Jonathan Taylor gets more 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 run than him, um, but James Robinson's been one of the best rookies in this class. You stop James Robinson. You have a great shot to win this game, and you have a great shot to cover that seven and a half, which may or may not be in consideration for this week's best bet. 
I feel good, Austin. I think the Titans win by two touchdowns, maybe three. I'm going to go 27 to 10 as my prediction. Okay. Uh, the, yes, the Jaguars are not an AFC, AFC North team, not named the Ravens. Uh, so I don't see the Titans struggling in this game. Really, the only teams the Titans struggle against is the AFC North. Right. Not named the Ravens. Not uh, named the Ravens. They succeeded. Uh, that damn AFC North. I don't get it. I, I, I it, it, and it's, it's not just that the Titans look bad against the AFC North teams, not named the Ravens. It's that they look terrible and they always come out flat in the first half. Their first halves against those teams have been terrible. Um, so uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think the Titans do, uh, win this game. Um, I think it's a 14 point win and I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say 28 to 14. I think Byron gets the pick. He's getting a pick this week and all the Byron slander can stop. Please do yeah. Kyle Byron. Please let this happen for all of us who support you. We're going to forget that the Titans even looked like crap against the Browns. Uh, that's how good they're going to win on Sunday. All right. The, we got to get out of here. This has been a really long episode, but we appreciate all of you who have stuck with us through, through it all. If you're, if you're hearing my voice right now, thank you. You're the best. Uh, we appreciate it. Even if you got through that whole Fred Miller, Fred Jr. Miller oh, Jr. Conversation. I, I apologize for that. Yeah, we apologize, but we appreciate <laughs> you sticking around. That, that's really nice of you. We also uh, have great points about the, the spawn of Fred Miller Jr. So for that, I will not apologize. Right. No, I mean, I, I, it's important journalism, in, in my opinion. Uh, the Follow A to Z Sports on all Twitters and socials and, and, and Instagrams at A to Z Sports. Follow my guy, Jack Gentry. Jack A. Gentry on Twitter. You can follow myself at Austin Huff, uh, but don't follow me if you're going to tweet at me about how the Titans always let you down. Like that, so, so dumb. Tweet that at me. I will be the the Brita to Austin's <laughs> glass of water. Guy, and I checked his timeline, and he literally said, "I would. I think I'm thinking about becoming a Jets fan." <laughs> and it wasn't funny because, like, I I went oh, down the rest of his tweets, and he was not like he's not. None of it. He wasn't tweeting jokes like it. So I knew it wasn't a joke. Like the dude was legitimately serious. And the way he was tweeting at me, I could tell he was literally fed up with the Titans. And I don't think unstable. Like I, I told him, I said, dude, have some perspective, man. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, the, um, yeah, that that's going to do it for us. Jack, you got anything for the road rate? Leave us a review. Give Buck a half a star. You can give us four and a half. If you so choose, it's been done before. I'm hoping it will be done again by some of you tweet at us during the game. Yeah, we love interacting with you guys. Tweet at us, and yeah, like also said, give us a follow on social. We love doing this. Uh, we, we love getting guests for you guys. So, yeah, um, if this was if you found us, if you found us from the Mitch Ferkins interview, first of all, welcome. Thank you. We appreciate you guys. Um, but uh, yeah, please stick along, stick around with us, man. We like to have fun breaking the Titans down, and just you know, we don't take ourselves seriously at all. Uh, but we do take the Titans very seriously. So I don't know what that means. I don't know what I'm saying. I, it, we're to the point of the podcast where I just need to end it. Uh, so I guess with all of that said, uh, until next week, tighten right up. up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way. Titan.